Welcome to the Addiction Connection Podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. My name is Mark Shaw, and I'm your host. We are doing a special series of podcasts critiquing the 12 steps. That is often a very dangerous thing to do in the world of addiction and recovery and so forth because the 12 steps are often considered very sacred and time-honored, and so we are going to critique each step biblically over the next 12 podcasts after this one. This is our introductory podcast. And I want to start with Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. In the English Standard Version, it says this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Well, in this verse, well, what is your responsibility? See to it that no one takes you captive. Now, that takes you captive. The picture there is putting, like putting you into handcuffs. So if you've ever had to wear handcuffs, maybe behind your back or even in front, uh, being in handcuffs doesn't mean you can't do anything. It just means you're limited. Certainly, if they're behind your back, it's very difficult to run, to keep your balance when you don't have your arms to help you with that. And so being taken captive and put in handcuffs is actually your responsibility. See to it that no one puts you in handcuffs. But it's not talking about literal handcuffs. It's saying takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Well, philosophy are just the ideas, the theories of mankind. And in our case, we want to talk about where do those ideas with the 12 steps conflict with biblical theology? We'll talk more about that in a minute. And then it says in this verse, an empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So our point in all 12 of the following podcasts, and even this introductory podcast today, is to critique something. And in our culture today, it is very difficult to have a conversation that would be with someone who disagrees with you. If you look at how polarized our culture and our society has become, I mean, you look no further than social media, right, to see that, that people can't even discuss things intelligently anymore. They just line up on one side or the other. They're listening and looking for people who make points that they already believe in to strengthen their point. They don't want to consider the other views on the other side, you know, with other people. So that's the the state of the world we live in. And some would say, well, Mark, why would you dare do a 12-step critique knowing that 93% of the treatment and rehabilitation programs in the United States and, and really around the world subscribe to the 12-step uh, theology, I'll call it, because that's what it is. Why would you do that? Why would you have something that is going to be unpopular? It's only going to be popular with 7% of our listeners. <laughs> um, well, because I have one listener who uh, I serve who 
whose opinion matters, and that's uh, the Almighty God. And so I have to do things that please Him. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5 9, we say that the Bible says that we make it our aim to please Him. So our job is to please God. Knowing what God has done for me in my life, how could I not live for Him? I mean, when He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins, to take the death and the punishment and the shame that I deserve, to put that on His Son to satisfy his just and perfect wrath, how could I not serve him knowing what Christ did for me, that he died and was buried and then raised from death to life, all for me, all for you, that you that are believers, um, you know, there's just nothing, no one else I would rather serve and live for. And so my fear is the fear of God, not fear of man. I really don't care what people are going to think about these podcasts. I'm going to try to be as winsome and kind and loving as I possibly can, but I also need to talk about some of these very important things that are plaguing the addiction industry, and I think doing violence to the gospel message. And I think it's really slowing down uh, the progress of addiction uh, problems, which are really idolatrous heart issues. So that's what I want to talk about over the next 12 podcasts. But I want to start just with a little bit of background and understanding. Now, I know people who use the 12 steps like some people use the latest craze uh, diet. You know, ketogenic is uh, a new diet, the keto diet. So People are using the 12 steps like a keto diet. They're, they're using the 12 steps to get sober, and it's helping them to stay sober, and that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm all for people living sober lives, but some people use the 12 steps as a replacement, as an alternative to religion and to Christianity. So the 12 steps, you know, as a keto diet, to help you stay sober, well, that's not as bad as being all into the 12 steps and thinking of it as a spiritual program. And that's what they talk about in 12 steps. If you've ever been to a meeting or talked to, ask somebody you know who goes to the meetings. Now, it's typically anonymous, their attendance there, so they may not tell you that. You may not know that. And uh, the, the people at the meetings are supposed to keep everything anonymous. But what they say about their program, the the self-help program, is that they are a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. Now, I have no problem with that statement other than the last word, alcoholism. It's really drunkenness. Alcoholism makes it sound like a disease, and that's another underlying belief in the 12-step, the the self-help problem that I think is slowing down the real help that comes from a biblical approach to addiction. And then the, the statement reads, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. That quote that just came straight from Alcoholics Anonymous itself. So the requirement to be a member of this program is a desire. 
It's a desire to stop drinking. That's all that's required. And I applaud that. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. Now, that's, that's what they say in print. But when you go to meetings, and I've been to meetings, so I know what they talk about. They talk about the 12-step self-help program as a spiritual program. It's not religious. It's spiritual. And so they'll say, for those of us who come to this meeting, we're coming because we want to know how to grow spiritually. If you go to church, that's great. Go to church. But you need to come to these 12-step meetings in order to get sober, stay sober, be sober. This is where you get real help. Go to church and do your church thing on Sunday morning or whatever day you go. But then come here for real spiritual help and help in how to live your life. Well, I personally, as a believer, find that to be offensive. The church, the body of Christ, is meant to help people to grow spiritually. It's, it's the laboratory, if you will, for spiritual growth. And so believers need to be going to church to learn the scripture, to have relationships, to serve one another, and to help one another. And so AA says it's a fellowship, and it typically, at you know, it says that in print. At a typical meeting, they'll say that they are a spiritual program. And so you go to your religious church thing, do the religious thing, but come here to 12 Steps for spiritual help. And it's as though the the church people are Pharisees. You know, they're people who uh, follow rules and religiosity, and then we have a relationship with our higher power at these 12-step meetings. That's the thought. That's what's typically said. So just by those kinds of statements, you can see where self-help programs battle directly with the church, the Church of Jesus Christ. I mean, both entities are set up to be spiritual programs. The church is a program, if you will. But they're they're both spiritual. Well, how can you both be spiritual and then you have two different rule books? AA has the big book, so we'll be talking about the big book. And uh, a lot of contributing authors told their story in the big book. Uh, Something I researched um, recently said that 55% of the initial big book story contributors relapsed and went back to their drug or their alcohol uh, of choice. And and they went back to that thing that they were, that they'd written about in the book as being sober from. Uh, So 55% of them relapsed over half. But the big book is considered to be the the standard, the Bible, the main book for Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, the church has a big book too. It's called the Bible. And the Bible is their standard. And actually, it is taught to be inspired or breathed out by God. God wrote this book through holy men who were obeying him. and, And God put his word to reveal who he is and to reveal his son, Jesus, to us. The AA big book doesn't reveal Jesus. So we'll talk more about this with our guests in each of the upcoming podcasts as we go through this. You know, with the 12 steps, so back to my idea, some people think of it as just like a diet or something you follow to get sober. 
you know, and, and I just use that diet as a metaphor. But others see it as really a spiritual program, which that's what they say they're, they are all about. So we need to understand that as we're going through this. That's why we're critiquing it as Christians. We're saying, okay, I get that you want to follow this and, and get sober and that this can help you. Uh, it's just a fellowship, you know, in, in some sense, and it it's, seems to be harmless. But what they say about themselves is that they are spiritual, so therefore they are a religious program. They are a substitute for Christianity, and that's a scary thing to believe, to hear. Uh, I just want to make sure the listeners that you know that about the 12 steps before we get into each one of these podcasts, because we're going to, over the next 12 days, have a special guest each day biblically critique the 12 steps, and each one will have their own step, and we'll go in order from 1 through 12. And so you'll hear one of my special guests critiquing step one and talking about it and how it lines up uh, with Scripture in in a good way and in a bad way. We want to be kind when we do this, for sure, but we also don't want to hedge on the truth because God is listening always, all the time, and we want to make it our aim to please him and to glorify him. So we'll go through each of the 12 steps with 12 different guests, many of whom have firsthand experience and knowledge with the 12 steps. Now, if you go to a meeting, understand that the concepts they teach at the meetings are, again, that they're spiritual, that it's a fellowship, that you are to serve. The 12th step says we tried to carry this message to alcoholics to practice having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps is what it says at the front part of that step. So the idea in the 12th step is go out and help other alcoholics, help other people, practice these principles, and help other people, which is a great, great, great idea, great teaching. The only problem is um, the first half of that step and then the idea of it being alcoholism, again, is, is the disease concept. And so that is a detrimental belief that I think slows down real transformation and real help for people. If I tell someone, hey, you've got a disease, it's called addiction, it's called alcoholism, and there's no cure, you know, it's incurable, it's progressive, and it's fatal— That's the underlying philosophy here with 12 steps. If I tell someone that, they're going to say, well, what can I do? And I'm going to say, well, you can work the 12 steps. You can grow in your spiritual relationship with your higher power of your choice. And uh, that's all you can do. I mean, that's not a biblical message. The biblical message is uh, there is a cure. It's a cure in your heart. It's called salvation, and then it's called transformation or sanctification, spiritual growth, that cure is found in Jesus Christ, and God sees us as righteous. So the cure is, it's not a disease, it's a sin issue in my heart, and I can be cured of that, I can be forgiven of that through Christ, and then I can be transformed and made new. And it's not a fatal disease. You know, the person who has a disease really doesn't need Jesus. I mean, Jesus offers healing for diseases, we know that. But really, Jesus 
offers the forgiveness of sin. So if we call it a sin issue, then Jesus is relevant to that problem. And so it does violence to the gospel because it takes the relevance of Jesus out of the equation. Is Jesus needed for healing? You betcha. But is he necessary? Do we really have to go to Jesus? I mean, and it's just a theory. It's only a theory of man, but that's kind of how they think about it. And then the fact that this disease is progressive, it's it's going to get worse, it's going to kill you, all of that, again, is just man-made, theoretical mumbo-jumbo. So, with all of that said, I am really excited to talk to you about the 12 steps. And I can't wait to have each special guest on there to help us think through, biblically and critically, how do these 12 steps fall short of biblical theology that's commonly accepted in in good, solid biblical churches? How do these steps fall short, and why should we be a little bit leery of what they say? And I'll end with this this construct. They teach that you can choose a higher power. You choose him and so or her or it. It could be a doorknob. It could be the group. It could be your dog. It could be your umbrella. I mean, I, I don't know. You choose anything to be your higher power, but you do the choosing. And then I've heard out of that that because you can choose your higher power, you can fire your higher power. You can pick another one. Well, choosing a higher power really makes the person who's doing the choosing the highest power because they're choosing, they're firing, they're deciding who the higher power is. And by that very definition, choosing your higher power is idolatry. I mean, God tells us who he is. He reveals himself to us in his word and through his son. And so we know who God is and we can't pick and choose what we like about God and don't like about God. God is God, the great I am. He he is who he says he is from his word, revealing that to us. And we have to either accept or reject that. Now, obviously, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to, to open our hearts, to open our eyes so that we have spiritual eyes to see God as he truly is. But if we're choosing a higher power, then we're participating in idolatry. So at the end of the day, the 12 steps move you from living for yourself using the tool of alcohol to please yourself as you're you're God in that scenario, and you're drinking and you're drugging, and you're the God of self. But then the 12 steps moves you from that type of idolatry to a new form of idolatry, but it's still idolatry at the core which is now I'm going to meetings, now I'm choosing my higher power, and now I'm being spiritual, not religious, if as they say, and I am now living in an idolatrous way where I am still God, little g God. I am still an idolater because I'm not going to the biggest book, the Bible, to see who God is, to have him reveal himself to me so the Holy Spirit can work with God's word in my heart to change me and to make me more like Christ Jesus, who is the only and the highest power. He's a power greater than ourselves for sure, but he's the highest power of all. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's moving us from one set of idolatrous 
practices, the drugs and alcohol, to another set of idolatrous practices, which are 12-step meetings and principles. So we'll talk about that over the next 12 days. It is going to take a searching and fearless moral inventory. (laughs) It's just a little joke for some of you uh, who know what I'm talking about, but this is going to be hard and hard for some of you to hear. But I hope that you'll be open to hearing a different voice, a different view, and maybe what you uh, have been accustomed to and what you've heard. Uh, All we're trying to do is help you to see what God says in his word so that you can see him for who he is. Thank you for joining me on this introductory podcast. I hope you enjoy our 12-step podcast series, a critique of self-help groups, and in particular, a critique of the 12 steps themselves. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you'll be with me next time on the Addiction Connection podcast.